In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who grants us an eternity that is hard to comprehend. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, this week, on Friday, the Japanese distillery, Suntory, is going to do something that no distillery has ever done before. Suntory is uh, probably, right now, one of the, the leading Producers of whiskey, and uh, they produce this uh, fantastic award-winning whiskey that, you know, you have to pay just gobs and gobs of money in order to get. And they're trying to up their game quite literally this week on Friday as they stick some samples of their whiskey at various points of aging into a rocket ship and shoot it into the sky. Where there they will see, when it comes back down, they will see the effects that zero gravity and all of the other stuff that you get in space has on the fermentation of whiskey. And so they are going to figure out what the effects of space are on this, well, rather earthbound liquid that we sometimes enjoy. Well, that, that kind of gets to the understanding that we have today in Ephesians of what it is for us as people who understand that Jesus Christ has given us eternity in the forgiveness of our sins, has given us eternity in uh, our baptisms, which has included us into his family, included us into his church, what the effect of that eternity has on us. Now, the people at Suntory think that zero gravity is going to make their whiskey a whole bunch more mellow. And in a lot of ways, that's sort of the same picture that you have with the people of Ephesus when Paul reaches out to them and reminds them once again of who they are in this great gift of eternity that they have in themselves. And as he reminds them of that, he reminds them of that in a way that he begins it by separating them from the Gentiles around them, from the people that are not in the church around them. And he does that specifically by using this phrase, this phrase that he uses elsewhere in Romans, this phrase which is the futility of their mind. Be not like the Gentiles, who in the futility of their minds, and you begin to kind of wonder, that, that's a cool little pithy saying, but what does futility of their minds mean? Well, essentially, what it means is that these Gentiles, well, they believe, well, probably much like our culture believes, that life has an end. That Life has an end, and because life has an end, that is somehow meaningful to the way that we live our lives. And so we have all of these sort of phrases that go along with that. You have the kind of semi-biblical phrase, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. And we have a whole panoply of life is short, comma, do this. And all of those things kind of base themselves around this idea that life has this sort of limited quality to it. 
And if life has this limited quality to it, well, then that means something about the way that we live our lives. And that comes down in probably about three ways in general. If you believe that life is short, that life is going to end. And the first way that it comes down is that, well, life is short, so you better only rest as much as you absolutely need to rest because you are put on this earth in order to achieve and in order to get all of these things done in this short amount of time that God has given to you. And then after that, well, who, who knows? Well, that's the first way. And the second way is absolutely the reverse of that. And the second way is, well, you have a short amount of time, so why spend that time working? Rest as much as possible. I think we see both of those here in Florida State, especially depending on which weekend it is. And then I think probably more popular in our culture right now is is sort of a middle position to all of that. And it's this position of balance that we are supposed to try to find some sense of balance in our lives, that we're supposed to balance out our rest with our work. And once we find that sort of nirvana like situation where we have finally balanced our lives Well, then we have no idea what to do except just to ride it out until it all ends. And those are our options if we believe that life has an end. And there's not much more out of that. And what Paul is telling telling the Ephesians is that no matter which one of those philosophies you approach this ending of life with, you're going to end up in some pretty bad places, some places that you probably don't want to be in. These places that he lists out for the Ephesians and is telling them, don't live like this, because living like this displays the fact that you're living in a way that betrays the, the idea that you think that you are going to die soon. And so he says, don't do this because you're going to become callous. Because that's how we become when we think that there's not a whole lot of time. We get callous. We get kind of short. Because who has time to consider somebody else? Who has time to be soft-hearted? We we just are going to get callous. We're going to do what we're going to do because it's all on us anyway. And we only have a little bit of time. And then we're also going to, well, chase after any kind of perversion that there is in the world. Because, well, we understand that we only have a little bit of time, and so why not try everything while we're here? And then Paul says, well, uh, it, it also leads into some other things. It leads into being a thief because, well, it's a whole lot less time consuming to steal stuff than what it is to work for it. Unless you get caught. And then you're going to become somebody who has, well, a little bit of a potty mouth, it seems, is what Paul is saying. Because, well, if you're under all of this pressure, eventually it's going to come out somehow. 
And Paul goes on and on and on in this reading and shows what it is like to be a person who believes that your life is going to end and probably soon. He goes through and he lists all of these things and eventually you come up with this, well, pretty rotten person, actually. You, you come up with this person who is a thief, this person who is callous, this person who is, well, kind of perverted, this person who has a, a potty mouth, this person who is just all of these things that if we saw that in another human being, these would not be attractive qualities in any way, shape or form. In fact, as we read through this, you probably might recognize people that have some of these characteristics. And very possibly, some of the reason that they have these characteristics is that they're approaching life in a way that they see as life, as a quantity, being a very scarce thing. They only have a little bit of it, and so you're under a lot of pressure, and you're going to just use it however you want to use it at the end of the day. Either achieving or not achieving. Or trying to find a balance. But what if the major principle behind all of that is wrong? What if that idea that life is short... And that we're going to die tomorrow. What, what if that's not true? What if you understand the world in a way that shows what you believe? That you believe that you have eternity. Because Jesus Christ came to this world and died on a cross for your sins so that you might live with him eternally. And so that you might have infinity in your bones, in your soul. What if you actually believed that you wouldn't die? How would you live your life? How would the way that you live your life betray that you knew that there was something different about you? That you didn't have to go after all of the things that everybody else was going after because you knew that life isn't scarce. That life is actually bountiful. That life continues on and on and on and on for you because of the sake of Jesus Christ. How would you live your life? Well, Jesus actually shows us that. Jesus, as far as we know, is the very first human being who has a conscious understanding of the fact that he is immortal. And how does Jesus live his life? Well, Paul tells us at the end of this reading, Paul tells us at the end of this reading that the way that Jesus lives his life is with love and sacrifice. Because he can love people. Because well, it doesn't, doesn't mean that he's going to run out of love. He, he can sacrifice for people because it doesn't mean that he's going to run out of things to sacrifice. There's this effect that we see in Jesus that he understands that the world 
is going to continue to go on. And he knows that particularly well because it's because of him. It's because of him. He knows that when he goes to that cross, that he will continue to be the son of God, that he will come back one day and he will judge the living and the dead and that life will continue to go on and on and on. And as Christians, you know that you have his gift. This gift of an unending life that you can spend and 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 spend. And that it's never going to be used up. That you can love and love and love. You can sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice. And it's all in the difference of your perspective. If you live like a Gentile in the futility of your mind where you see life is just this very narrow pool of resources, then you will live life as if you have a very narrow pool of resources. But if you see life as having an eternity behind it, that has been given to you by a gracious God who loves you so much that He sent His Son to die, then you will live life that way. I'm reminding you today, you can live life the second way. Amen.